0: Hello and welcome to United Focus with me, James Tweed and Alfie Hawkins. We're going to be talking about Man United and their recent growing in form and how Ten Hag's done this season. And we're joined with Tom McDermott, who's reached nearly 70k on on Twitter and is a sports journalist who's done things around Man United through the past three years.
1: Hi chaps, excited to be here. Hiya Tom. Are we doing you right?
0: Yeah, not too bad.
2: Can you just explain to the listeners what you've done in terms of with Manchester United and podcasts?
1: Okay, yeah, good question. Um so I started at Sky Sports um wow, probably getting on for a decade ago now. Um and I was on the home news desk there which probably wasn't my thing given that I'm a huge Manchester United supporter. Um, And I noticed that the sports desk was next door. So I went and badgered the sports editor, who's Nick Powell, who many of you will see on uh, Sky Sports News still at the moment, and picked up um, as many helpful tips as I could off him and his team. Stayed there for three weeks, pretty much day in day out, working as much as I possibly could or as as many shifts as I could possibly do. And then it escalated from there, really. Uh, My, obviously, passion was Manchester United. I created my own Manchester United podcast I then went to the sports desk in Leeds, uh, which included Sky Sports, Sky Bet, Sporting Life, Team Talk and Sky Sports News Radio, which no longer exists. And I was basically um, covering Premier League football and my sort of ideas to to build and grow content came from all the sort of experiences I I got on the varying desks there and I launched a podcast called The United End, which was a, a weekly podcast, pretty much like what you guys have got on, talking to yeah. other journalists, other people who were interested in Manchester United, former players, former coaches. And I built it from there, really. And um, it went on and on and on. And you mentioned sort of the Twitter following at the beginning of the show there. That's grown over the years. But really, it's just grown because of, a, uh, I guess, an honesty to just talk about United and, and see things and you know say things as I see it and... Um, which has then culminated in a, a show in Ireland where I've got a series of dates in theatres with an actor called Simon Delaney. Um, and we go around, um, as I say, theatres in Ireland, talking about Manchester United, discussing our best 11s, talking about topical recent features, the games, transfers. And we've just been signed up for a few more dates. That's the Red Devils Roadshow. And from that will come the Red Devils podcast, which I guess is relevant to the question.
0: Yeah, you're, you're you're probably sick of hearing it, but how do you think? How prolific do you think Ten Hag's been in turning around Man United's past seasons? And he's just, in my opinion, been incredible and been the best coach we've had by far for the in the past few years.
1: Uh, how long have we got? Is this a five-hour podcast? We For me, there was a bit of debate at the beginning, wasn't there? Whether should it be Ten Hag? Should it be Pochettino? Yeah. I think in February. 2023 now, having been at the club since last August, I don't think there's any doubt that Manchester United have got the right man, probably the best manager since Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, and it's interesting agree. because people say that United um, didn't need a Ferguson who was co- kind of in control of all departments. But actually, over the years, they've had Moyes, they've had Van Gaal, they've had Mourinho, um, they've had Solskjaer, they've had Ralph Rangnick. And what Manchester United have exactly needed, as we've seen Ten Hag, is control at all levels because such is the ownership issues at the moment that Manchester United is not run off the pitch or hasn't been run off the pitch to the standard that he should have been done and, and, and in Ten Hag we've not only got a football manager but a, a sporting director if you like as well. If you go back through his history you'll see yeah. um, his time in Holland. He was um, not only a manager but a, a sporting director lead at one of his clubs as well so very much on the field he knows what to do and, and off it as well but it, he's been nothing short of fantastic. You look at the Ownership issues. You look at the poor start to the season. You look at the Ronaldo incident. You look at, um, you know, several injuries and players dipping in form. And all his signings have been pretty much spot on. We could probably argue about Anthony, but you know, by and large, he's got everything. You know, pretty much bang on. So, absolutely delighted with with how he started. Really pleased with his recruitment. Really pleased with his sort of culture, his standards, um, the discipline side of thing. And I think Manchester United fans over the years have, have been kind of lulled into these false new eras, but it certainly feels like Manchester United yeah. are are on the start of something special.
0: Yeah, I think I think he demands that amount of respect from everyone and that's certainly why I like love him so much. It's because he 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 demands that respect because of how control he he is of, of the football club. And with with all, uh, managers like Oli, yeah, they were very likable. And Jose Mourinho is, is is class to watch and to listen to, but Ten Hag has just taken over in a way that none of them seem to be able to do. And he, it, with his with recruitment, I mean, it's just been absolutely spot on. With Casemiro has been excellent, and probably the first thing he's done wrong is that that red card against Crystal Palace on Saturday, which wasn't a red card. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is James from the United Focus, and you're probably wondering why is this episode coming out now after, yeah, Man United beat Newcastle in the Carabao Cup final, and yes, we beat Barcelona but also we have now lost to Liverpool where in the second episode I talk about us possibly, maybe, beating them so, pluses and minuses but, um yeah, this episode was filmed on the 21st of February and the second one was filmed uh i'll tell you when the second one was filmed in the second episode but um uh yeah this episode is coming out a lot later than we expected purely down to the fact that me and alfie live about seven hours away from each other so it's quite hard to upload episodes but i thought we'd release it anyway so yeah so yeah i'll let the um the video carry on again now no, yeah. yeah, Even the others that he's brought
2: in, Lissandro Martinez, Christian Eriksen, I think there were a lot of signings that people slated at the start of the season, but there's no argument for them now. They've been superb, all of them.
1: No, absolutely. And, and you mentioned players there, and there's two things over the years that Manchester United have got wrong, and it's talent identification and talent management. The, t- the players that they've been choosing have been the wrong players, and then when they have got to the club, they haven't been managed properly and coached in a way. That we're seeing at the moment, and, and and Ten Hag's talent identification has been spot on. You look at Martinez, players like that who's brought through the there, and then his management of, of not only his new staff but his the existing players. You know, you look at Garnacho how he's developed eight, eight or nine weeks ago. Juan Basaka looked like he was out of the door. He looks like a, a new player now. Luke Shaw is is a left back, but we've seen him oust sort of the club captain as, as a you know an emergency central defender as well. You know, this was, wouldn't have happened under other uh other management and you know the players have got that respect for him as well so it does look very good indeed um i just hope that you know he gets to the secures that champions league spot this season and then hopefully can take a, a league cup home with him as well
2: yeah going into that how confident do you feel going into the final against newcastle
1: i think united have a manchester united of course have a have a very good chance i think the issue with it being is just the accumulation of games between now and then i think in february they've got a game every days or something. I'm sure one of your listeners will pull me up on that stat, but it's something ridiculous like that. And I think that you saw, you know, at the weekend, you get people, players get suspended with Casemiro or if injuries or runs of poor form, players and the squad may suffer. But I think really um, that's the only thing that can stop United. I think Newcastle United have been a very, 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 Breath of fresh air. I think they played very well. I think they're obviously an obvious threat, but I think if Manchester United and Ten Hag can get their best sort of eleven out there, can play anywhere near potential, then I expect Manchester United to beat Newcastle and then hopefully as well qualify for the for the Champions League.
0: Do you think uh, Marcus Rashford will, will continue to be a, a key element in that? I know last year he wasn't he wasn't great, and the year before that he wasn't amazing as well. Uh, and he's just Ten Hag seems to have just click something in Rashford's brain or Rashford has realised something that's made him just think I'm going to go for it again and he's he's becoming an unbelievable player again like he was a few years back but he just looks he just looks like a different player it's not even that he's playing a lot better and getting the stats he, he has had the stats in previous seasons with Martial but this year he just there's just something different about him where he, he seems to have gone to the level of he is playing like a world-class player this year like everyone thought he would be and he's kind of broken out of his shell from from past seasons.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I remember looking at him um, on the final whistle of the Atletico Madrid Champions League game last season. I sat all and I looked at him and thought, I wouldn't be surprised if you were sold in the summer just because he looked like mentally he needed another break. He looked like he needed a fresh challenge. Everything, you know, he looked like he'd lost his direction in the team. He was very much a bit part player, as you say. it was an accumulation, really, wasn't it, of about eighteen months worth of yeah. poor form, and it just seemed to feel like fact it was coming to the head. The, the, what we're seeing now again is that talent management that we, we talked about earlier on in, in the podcast, and you know, United under Ten Hag or Ten Hag is doing that absolutely superbly well. Um, the existing players have all all improved. I can't really think of a player that's gone backwards, and if that player has gone backwards, you, you certainly haven't seen them on the uh, on the on the pitch much, but. To go back to Rashford, it's it's an incredible turnaround. Physically, he looks like a different player. He looks um, like he's got that extra yard of pace back and his finishing and his end product's really improved as well. And if uh, United are going to win something or qualify for that Champions League, you'd expect that Rashford will be pivotal to that.
2: Yes, definitely. And as for... Obviously, a cup, uh, last weekend or the weekend before when Manchester United beat City, there was a few questions. Are they involved in the title race? But then obviously there was the draw with Palace and the loss against Arsenal. But now this weekend, City and Arsenal dropping points again. Do you think it's an unrealistic target to say that we could get in that top two? Or do you think just to concentrate and play every game as it's coming and just get into that, secure that top four? And like you say, we've got that League Cup coming up. Do you think it's better not to concentrate on that top two?
1: You can't get me excited, lads. I, I, after that Arsenal game of the week, I'd I'd written United's title chances off. Um, if I'm, I, I'm trying to be realistic with it. I think if Manchester United qualify for the Champions League, which they're in a very, very good position to to, to do so, and you know, take that Carabao Cup victory, that final victory at the end of February, home and, and with the trophy and, and a top four Champions League players, I think Manchester United and Ten Hag will have had an excellent season. It takes time to to bed in. Who knows, maybe if Manchester United had had a slightly better start losing back-to-back games against Brighton and Brentford, that certainly you wouldn't have thought would happen now. So there have been points they've dropped along the way, even that extra point or a couple of points they lost at Crystal Palace, the away game, when they were pinned back in the last minute with that brilliant free kick, you know, even if they had those extra two points. And even drawn with Arsenal, you know, the game after, that would have been a a step closer to that title but I just think because of the size of the squad because of some of the factors I mentioned before because of tiredness fixtures injuries I think it'll be a tall order for United to win it this season but in terms of progress you know you look at them this season in in terms of in comparison to other years it's it's night and day really they're they're, they're certainly heading in the right direction but if you're going to push me on an answer I'll say no to the title yes to top four and yes to the uh, League Cup winning success
0: yeah to be honest like you've just said I'm just happy we're even having this conversation because even yeah. the fact that we're having this conversation means how far we've come in one season you wouldn't you would not have thought last season we would have been still in really any of the cups you wouldn't have thought you would have thought we would have been struggling for a Champions League place certainly yeah. I, I my aspirations at the start of this season were top 4 let's get in the Champions League again and let's hope next season ten hag can be put in an actual stamp on the, the top three, but to see that we're we're kind of on on city's level and Arsenal have just been an emergence. That's been one that no one could have predicted. But I'm just happy we're even talking about. it. And I think if Ten Hag's done this in one season, then I think it's looking really promising for him to become a great manager at Manchester Absolutely. United. And I haven't, Absolutely. I haven't been that I haven't been that excited watching Man United since. Generally, since since watching Alex Ferguson, the the best moment other than this season was uh, us in the Champions League when we beat PSG, well, and that was one one singular game. And i now I'm getting that same amount of joy from game after game because even the football we're playing is su- such a positive form of football. Compare that to playing under Ollie and Jose Mourinho, and the football was just I don't know. It was it wasn't it was really not enjoyable to watch, and it was it was a it was hard being a Man U fan then because. Just every game wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an enjoyable spectacle like it is now.
2: They are definitely playing really good football, I think, and there is a slight uh, you can tell that it's just a complete revival. But another team that I would say in the Spanish league that are looking similar with their revival is Barcelona, and we do have them in the Europa League in the round of thirty two for the little um to get into the round yep. of sixteen. What do you think that how do you think that'll play out?
1: tough game. Um, I watched them a few weeks ago play Atletico Madrid away. Um, Atletico aren't having the, the greatest season, but what sort of impressed me was they've obviously got that touch of class with some of their young players that are coming through and, and they've blended in a, a good squad there. They've got a good manager. But what impressed me was their ability to to play a little bit dirty as well. They they really dug in. They weren't getting drawn into sort of the, some of the games. Simeone and his players were, were trying to you know, catch them out, but but when they did, they were they were more than happy to mix it and play a little bit dirty as well. I don't think um, you know Ten Hag wants to win every every game. Would it be a disaster if Manchester United went out? I think before Christmas, you know, when United were outside the Champions League places, I think it might have been a a problem then. But very difficult game. I'd probably say that Barcelona are the slight favourites for that one. But looking at it, it wouldn't be an absolute disaster if Manchester United went out, given. Where they are at the moment and pushing on that top top four position, which they you know they're, they're nicely they're comfortable in there. I'm just worried about the number of games, as I said earlier, that Manchester United have to play because obviously if they progress against Barcelona, you've then got two or three more games. If they were to go all the way in, in the Europa League as well, and with the FA Cup, uh, lots of Premier League games to come and a, and a League Cup final, it might become uh, a bit a bit troublesome for them. But but again, Ten Hag, you know, you see what he did the other week against Nottingham Forest in the second leg. He puts teams out to win football matches. He doesn't, you know. There's no balancing out with him, and he doesn't take any tournament lightly. And of course, he's not going to take Barcelona lightly. But let's have a good go at them. Let's see where we end up. And if we do happen to get knocked out, then it wouldn't be a disaster. But I will tell you what, it's going to be one hell of a game. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, it definitely will be.
0: Um, taking it onto kind of another angle, that's I know it's been very relevant in the past few weeks. The 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 ownership situation. I won't go into it too much, but uh, around that. Do you think that it would? It, we need to have a new ownership for for next season, or do you think even under these owners, because of how good Ten Hag has been, we can we can say win the league next season? Because I'm just skeptical in the summer if we don't do good business. Like Arsenal went and got Trossard, and lots of teams have done very good business in this this January transfer window. I mean, Chelsea are just going absolutely crazy. With the the signings they're making, I, the only thing I worry about is in the summer is if Liverpool re-strengthen their team where they need to strengthen it by a player say that we might need by maybe a Declan Rice or something just or Jude Bellingham or Jude Bellingham City go and buy a f- few more players Arsenal then strengthen which it seems that their owners are really backing Arteta. That's the only thing that worries me for next season that we could get left behind and Ten Hag as good as a manager he is with a few injuries that's then not really down to him if he if he wants signings and he can't get them. Is there any opinions you have on that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, first of all, I trust him in the transfer window. I think even this January transfer window, given what he's got available to spend, which was pretty much next to nothing yeah. because, of, because of the owners. course is he a long-term suge- solution? Absolutely not. Um, but he's there every week. He, he offers something different going forward. He, he wouldn't be anyone's first choice by any means. But it's a bit so from on loan, I think he's a potentially a fantastic midfielder. I think if he was to stay long term after this uh, winter window or, the, or this winter period going into summer, I don't think there would be many Manchester United supporters disappointed with that. Hopefully, his uh, performances can back up that claim next few winners. But you're right, the, the, the summer window is a huge, huge. Um, I won't say problem. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it, it's Dependent on the ownership. If the owners change hands, which, fingers crossed, that they will do in the next sort of month to six weeks, then Manchester United, with new owners, can really make an impression and make their mark in the next summer transfer window. Because if you give Ten Hag money and if they can get a few faces out of the door, you trust him to spend that money well. But you're right, there are other teams picking and choosing who they want. Chelsea are playing their own brand, you know, their own game of fantasy football, aren't they? I'm not sure what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, Ten Hag seems to sign the right players though, doesn't he, Chaps? He doesn't, you know, there's there's not many he's got wrong, and even Anthony's getting a lot of criticism. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy with all still, I'm happy
0: with all of his signings. He's, he's
1: still turning up and, and delivering the assists and causing problems. So let's wait and see. I wouldn't be too worried with, with Ten Hag. I'm he's not a magician, but I think that if you get the new owners in place, it, hopefully United can look at somebody like Osiman uh, at Napoli and, and get that kind of world class striker in and perhaps a couple of others in as well.
2: Yeah, I was going to go on to that. So, obviously, as Weghorst isn't a long-term plan, who do you think? Do you think Oshima is the best? Do you think there's any chance that if we were pushing for the top spot that Kane maybe could move, or do you not think that would ever happen now?
1: I, I get asked about Harry Kane in Manchester United almost every week at the moment. <laughs> there's, a bit of, there's a bit of a long-winded answer to it, so let me say it. The way, The way Ten Hag plays and and I'm talking about long-term now, I'm not a stopgap option like Veghorst. but for me, I'm not sure Kane would be the best option because he plays in the kind of, he's like a nine and a half, isn't he? He's in that, well, sort of he's a number nine, but he drops off. Mm-hmm. And Manchester United have players such as Eriksen when he's fit and Bruno who can occupy that position. So any striker Manchester United have, I think ideally you want to occupy the penalty area and get him behind that back four or get him behind the back three or whatever the opposition are playing. Now, Over the last sort of five or six, seven years, if you look at the teams that have won the league, and let's take our great rivals, and I'll swear here that's Man City and Liverpool. But if you take Man City and Liverpool over the last few years, they have had number nines, but they haven't had sort of like ultra great goal scoring number nines. They've had players like Firmino and relied on wide players like Mane and Salah to get the goals. But Firmino's job and his mobility has created those opportunities and space for them. Same with City, Aguero in the last few years and. Gabriel Jesus, of course, hardly played, didn't he? Aguero was injured. So they relied on other other methods of scoring. Yes, they had a focal point there. And I think Ostruman could obviously he's very capable of scoring goals, but I think he's like a I think he's probably a better, fitter, more prolific version of Anthony Martial. And I think that when you see Martial doing what he does, and yes, we can't rely on him because of his fitness and his form. But I think if United can get the boy over from Napoli and, and put him up front as somebody who's slightly more mobile than Kane, I think Manchester United, you would see a different Anthony. You would see there yeah. are even better Rashford. Yeah. I think the movement and mobility of that sort of number nine, rather than a Kane um, who's slightly more, uh, he's not immobile, is he? It's the wrong word, but you know what I mean? He's not as athletic, is he? Yeah. That said you look at Kane and Ferguson before he left United needed a needed an answer and he went and spent money on a thirty year old uh, called Robin van Persie or twenty eight twenty nine <laughs> year old at the time. And van Persie came in was world class in the penalty area and did everything he needed to do to get Manchester United a title. I don't quite think we're there because I think that Ten Hag will want a player who can play on for longer than a season or two. I think he's probably looking at a three or four season striker, which to me would suggest that Kane. Um, Probably isn't that man, but again, go back to the point earlier. If Ten Hag thinks he's he's the one for United, then then who am I to say? But I, I wouldn't be surprised and put on record if it if they didn't go for Kane because I think Spurs would want nearly still nearly maybe eighty, ninety, hundred million for a guy that's nearly thirty. And I think if you're going to spend upwards of a hundred million, you may as well go for for some of the other options we've just discussed there. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think I think you've just summed up what like most most Man United. Uh, fans are thinking which is also nice because I feel like everyone at the minute is, is behind the manager and it's all, it's all kind of one it's what, uh, one movement Everyone everyone's following the same same kind of plan and everyone's just saying let's trust Ten Hag but I think we're going to wrap it up there but I'm going to ask everyone at the end of each podcast to say what are your predictions for the end of this season and what so in terms of just trophies and uh, just where we'll finish just those those kind of predictions and then the predictions for next season, I know that's a long way away, but just just no, a no. bit of fun, yeah. Like
1: it could I be completely think, wrong. I think United will finish third this season, and they'll win the win the Carabao Cup. Yep, they may, they may get to a semi or a final in the Europa League, depending on how they can patch their players up. Yep. But I'll put my put my name to a top four finish, third place, in and the League Cup Carabao Cup win. And next season, um, if the ownership changes and Ten Hag is given um, more control on on signings and and can add who he needs to the squad not on realistic targets then I think that Manchester United might not win the league next year but they can have a very good run at it because if you look at his form at, at, at Ajax last season and the season before this kind of run United are going on now between sort of End of November, whenever they came back from the World Cup, early, or sorry, late December, wasn't it? And now isn't a, it's not a fluke. He, he's done it before. Yeah. So yeah, so I think let's get third this season. Let's get that Carabao Cup in the bag, and then yeah. next season let's have a, 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 a Champions League run and a, a real good go at the go at the Premier League.
0: All right. Well, thanks for talking to us, Tom.
1: It was Thank really you, good. Tom. No worries, chaps Pleasure. Anytime. All right. See you later. Right. Yeah.